Welcome to the Generation 21 podcast with me, Mohammed, and me, Mira, where we sit down with artists and arts leaders to talk about their journeys into the industry. This week, we sit down with Mittal Sengupta discussing her introduction to Kathak Age 2, a new approach she's developing called the Cursive Body, and her project with Phoenix Dance Theatre, Black Waters. I think the very first question is, how did you get into dance? What was that journey like? Truly speaking, it is a long journey and I was just two and a half years old. So wow. uh, talking about dance and coming, coming to dance, it should be for my parents because it was my mother's dream. It was never my dream. So two <laughs> okay. and a half years, you can never think that you will be thinking that you will be ever be a dancer. So I'm sure uh, for those who are housewives, they always want their child to do something. And my mother was a housewife. So naturally, she wanted her child to do something which she wanted and definitely she was into music and dance, but never got an opportunity to perform. So when I was born, maybe her dream was, I want my child to be a dancer. And that was the reason she took me to a dance school, which was just nearby to my house. And there we used to, there was only Kathak dance. I started understanding the importance of this passion when I grew up. And it was after definitely my secondary education, when I felt Somewhere or other, I have a passion for this. So did you, did you continue um, uh, practicing or learning whilst you were going through primary and secondary school? or did you? Take yeah, it yeah, break? it was a regular thing. And I tell you, it was actually during that time a torture for me because <laughs> I'm not telling in that way. But so I used to get wake up in the morning and then it was two hours of practice, I remember. And she used to sit in front of me and she used to make me practice. So it was really, I used to feel everybody's playing, everybody's enjoying their life and what I'm doing during that time. But later I understood what's the importance behind that kind of a practice. And now I'm really thankful to her. Wow, that's quite that's quite a schedule for a child. Yeah, it was. It was. Because now when you think about it, when I'm thinking if like regarding my child as well, I definitely I will not do that. But maybe I wouldn't have done what I'm doing today because it really needs lots of passion and practice. If you really want to be a professional dancer or a professional artist, because you have to allot time for that kind of a practice as well and understanding. So, yes, I was deprived, but I'm grateful to her today. I've heard, I've heard similar stories sort of thing that all yeah. my parents, they kind of drilled it into me. When they were, and they're incredible artists such as yourself as, yeah. as they are now. Um, but it just feels like, I mean, it's like it was torture trying to Yeah, when you are a child, it's when, like, yes, Because obviously absolutely. when you're a kid, you don't... You don't understand, understand because yeah. you see everyone, they're going out, they're playing and they're having their own life. <laughs> and then for you, you come back from the school, keep your bag, just have a little bit of like whatever you have in front of you and start practicing. And even I used to have my Guruji, the Tabla, tabla Guruji used to come to my house and make me practice. So he's sitting there at five, you come back from the school and he's sitting there with his Tabla. Mm. So... <laughs> And then homework and all of that. And then after that, after practicing, you have to finish your homework for the school. So did you did you pick up early on that this is quite unorthodox, this um, quite a heavy um, importance and significance attached to the arts and to dance? Uh, it's an, I will say it's not an orthodox practice. I will say it is a necessary practice. 
because nowadays right now i have in my institute having like small kids coming in they are 5 years old we we take kids from 3 years old when they are just 3 years to just have the feel of music and dance because uh, yeah i don't believe in uh, pressurizing kids which is very much necessary not stressing them but it is also very important to have a sensation of music and art and dance because if it's from a very younger age and i'm sure you also have heard about the term neuroplasticity so naturally the brain starts accumulating that kind of a sensation and when you really want to give that input it becomes natural so i feel it is necessary but definitely don't stress your child uh definitely i will say also give them some time to go out and play and have their own time and it is not something which can be really uh, like forced it has to be natural absolutely yeah um in addition to being a dancer you're also a clinical psychologist if i'm not mistaken i'm a rehabilitation psychologist rehabilitate my mistake yeah, a yeah. rehabilitation psychologist yeah. and you've lectured in performing arts i think in india yeah in india yeah. yes but you also i've read somewhere that you're a professional member of the american dance therapy association yeah, yeah. um how does all of this sort of fit together there's this sort of academic side the you yourself as a performer then the kind of um i guess is it neuroscience am i saying that correctly is that yeah somewhere other yes yes uh as far as my career in counseling and psychology is concerned it was a part of the whole system truly speaking i was more passionate about dancing and after my secondary education i wanted to just be into the practice of movement arts and practice of uh, uh main, mainly into arts and music but uh it was uh the educational system it it is still now the educational system in india which makes you somewhere other go through the format of a, a formal training because we have we have colleges we have performing arts sectors but it is slowly developing but as far as the educational system is concerned it is quite developed so definitely as a uh, like coming from that kind of a background where everybody is into the educational sector so i had to do my educational uh, part in a very serious way and and psychology was a very very distinctive subject which uh, you know, like really helped me to understand myself and at the same time understand why i am doing arts and not only arts why i'm exactly formulating my life the way i want it so psychology somewhere or other played a very important part in my understanding of myself and my persona at the same time understanding the psyche of the people why they're telling me that way why they're asking me to do this why they're asking me to do that so you can say it's because of my guidance from my mentors i was very much into understanding the concept of disability and so i was privileged to have a mentor who was very much into autism right yeah and um, uh, my mentor from india who's who was also during that time the head of the department of university of calcutta she's the only one who brought the concept of autism to calcutta and west bengal okay. in 2010 so that was very interesting for me to find out the ways of communicating non-verbally which is very much a part of music and dance 
And that interested me that how being a performer as well, I can be a part of this sector. So I wanted to bring psychology and dance together. And in Calcutta University, that was for the first time. Because in University of Calcutta, it was somewhere other, the concept was with neuroscience, which is also a part of psychology, with cognition, with resilience, many other factors, but nothing to do with bringing dance in psychology. And that was which interested my university, though they were somewhere other very, uh, like what to say, they were thinking, uh, will it really form any kind of research motivations or any kind of research plans but then slowly it's and in this particular context I also want to thank uh, my husband who's a Laban movement analyst so I was being privileged to study Laban movement analysis Bartonif principles and that way the bring the psychological concepts of disability into practice of movement art for dance movement therapy such a such an interesting link between the two and it really they complement each other don't they the art and yeah the it, it really does because side. everything is somewhere other uh, a communication and it is always not through verbal language it is also through non-verbal ways of expression so if you can really find the channel of how to communicate you can easily do that let's move on to talk about black waters yeah which is a project that you're currently yeah. working on uh, so Black Waters or Galapani as its proper name is, it's a production between, uh, with, sorry, Phoenix Dance uh, Theatre yes. and you're choreographing it, is that correct? Yes, I'm cho- I am choreographing along with artistic director Sharon Watson from Phoenix Dance Theatre mm-hmm. and Shambik Ghosh also representing from Rhythmusic. So me and Shambik Ghosh, we both are doing from Rhythmusic. So tell us a bit more about the project, sort of what's it about um, and It's basically the concept of Black Waters is bringing the concept of Zong Massacre, which is with the the concept which is coming from the Caribbean culture. And at the same time, we have Kalapani, which is a a very colonial concept, which was during the 1930s, yes, 1930s or something like that. Our freedom fighters in India, yeah, in India, they were being actually uh, exiled to Andamans and there we have this huge, still now it's there, this huge um, colonial jail where they were being kept there and they were somewhere other going through lots of difficulties and I don't want to talk about it but yes we are taking that concept which is very psychological, which is emotional. At the same time, it has lots to say about those souls which are not with us anymore. But if you go through the prior, like uh, like real research work of the uh, uh, and the articles and the authors who have written on it, they have written about the journey which each and every uh, person who were being during that time being taken there, and they were they were never being allowed to come back ever to their country. So that kind of emotional journey, yes, we are working on it. And at the same time, the concept of Zong Massacre, which was uh, this, uh, like, who some around 110 people who were on a ship, they were being thrown live in the water because there was lack of water on the ship. And to, to make people survive, some of the people survived, they were being thrown. And we are talking about that. And we are talking about the emotional journey, which brings to this kind of a practice. And Black Waters is all about what they are saying in this present world. Because still now, 
if we think about the uh, problems which are having everywhere in the world, the uh, the movements of the people who are coming from different countries and trying to survive, it's somewhere or other very similar. So it's all about survival. It's all about how they strategically is uh, living. At the same time, how they are trying to overcome all obstacles in order to leave. And Black Waters is not only about the past, it's also about the present. So we are, uh, yes, Phoenix and Red Mosaic is coming together as a collaborative project. And we have music uh, coming from India. So it, a, a huge composition has been done on in Indian music coming to the contemporary practice. And it, it's a con Katha contemporary dance production. Yeah, I was just going to come on oh, to that. Yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be the sort of next question, which is yeah. um, that kind of, I'm not going to say fusion, but I guess kind of the bringing together of Kutuk, which is obviously a, an ancient art form, um, and Phoenix Dance, which is a contemporary yeah. uh, dance uh, theatre. Yes. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to sort of seeing the two worlds come together like that, uh, which will be incredible. It, um. it has a lot of traditional elements, but in this context, I, I just want to say something. It's not a fusion. It's basically we are trying to uh, incorporate a language which is very contemporary, bringing both the worlds together. And we are we, we personally, and it, it is even uh, me and even Sh uh, Shambik's uh, like project, it's our research, that we call it cursive body. And why it's cursive body? Because when both the languages, that is the uh, a body who's equally trained in contemporary dance and at the same time the traditional ethnic dancing, when th this comes together, the it becomes a natural biological and a psychological element. And it is not that you are doing uh, some movements of Kathak and then you are stopping and then you are doing some movements of contemporary dance which usually, usually you see in this kind of practice but how a movement juxtaposes each other in order to create a unique language which has the essence of both the cultures and that gives a contemporary feel so that is what we are looking for and that is what Phoenix is looking for and Definitely, we have lots of Kathak bowls, lots of traditional things. You can hear it, but when it will be performed, it will become one language. And you will not see that suddenly a Kathak, a Kathak performer is coming and performing some Kathak bowls and going out. And then a contemporary performer is coming in and doing the practice of contemporary dance. No, it is not that. We all are doing everything. Maybe the upper body will talk Kathak, the lower part, lower part of the body. Maybe the legwork will be uh, from contemporary dance. So the practice is like that and we call it cursive body. I really like that name, actually. It just gives that whole um, visual of um, a joined up sort of really fluid concept rather than, you know, boundaries. being Yeah, between, yeah. You know, this is this and this is that kind of thing. Now you actually preempted one of the questions uh, or one of the things I was going to pick up on was um, during the co uh, the course of conversations that me and Mira have, uh, have had with other people, it's kind of what do you think of the word fusion? And you've already, ex yeah. uh, I mean, now there's no point asking because you've already <laughs> answered that question. But it's interesting, particularly, you know, for people, I mean, for some people, it's really not a part of their practice because they do a certain thing. That's what they do. That's what they're happy with. And, and that's fine. I mean, no one's telling them to yeah, do anything yeah, differently. Yeah, absolutely. But for those that do want to kind of aggress, uh, cross boundaries or genres or something like that, it's, 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 it's interesting to talk about... Um, where where they position themselves on yeah. or, 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 or on fusion so we've talked we've we've talked in the past 
about the concept of world music. Yeah. And it's kind of how some people and certainly myself really don't like that idea very much. It's kind of it kind of tells you something but at the same time it it sort of tells you nothing. Yeah. Um No, I will say in this context if you both permit me, it's like uh it's very important to understand tradition. Yes, in order to do even a fusion or any kind of concepts like cursive body, you have to know each language specifically. Like for example, if you are using Kathak or if you are using classical jazz or you are using Limon, you have to exactly know and even feel in the body what you are using and why you are using and what is the musculature or even the intention of specific stretches why you are using that. What are the points? What are the uh, exact location in the body where you can do it, which can dwell in or in order to give that image or picture? So for that, I personally. feel that each and every dancer have to go through all the trainings in order to do that if you are talking about world music what we are doing we are having musicians from all backgrounds and they're sitting they're coming together and playing their part but think about a musician who's equally trained in the genres and exactly knows where to fuse it that gives a different feel so what happened this was actually an experiment on myself and i was i call myself that guinea pig because uh i was trained as you know for years in kathak then somewhere other I, it was my privilege to get uh, like associated with a dancer who's uh, uh, trained in classical ballet jazz and contemporary dance so i was uh, i was in the practice of learning all the styles separately and then naturally after 10 15 years it became a natural language which gave that concept of cursive body i didn't have to force movements from here and there in order to fuse it to create a language it became a natural practice of how to use it and when to use it and why to use it so i think it is very important to pra- to have a cross cultural practices you have to know the language because then you are giving respect to all the subjects because uh if you just go and take some steps for example i want to uh, infuse some movements from classical jazz i just take some two or three steps but that's just a step mm-hmm. that's just a basic uh it it's just an imagery but it is not the real understanding of the muscles real understanding of the even even how you're using a small stretch of your leg uh, it's not about how you're using your even torso it's it, you have to really understand your body in order to do that because it's not just observation it's practice in the body and if you practice then you will be able to understand it but the company that you founded is uh, rhythm mosaic rhythm mosaic yes. and um, you also mentioned sengupta dance company are those two the same thing or rhythm mosaic is an organization okay. which has various sectors uh, rhythm mosaic has th- uh, specifically two departments right one is the practice of movement art and one is the practice of therapy in movement art right okay so because i uh, as i brought my education and dance together so i wanted to build rhythm mosaic for everybody so it's not only for dancers if they just want to be in dance they have the department of movement art and if somebody wants to practice movement art for uh, for social context so that's the therapeutic practice ah interesting and sengupta dance company is the it's a production house 
right, in okay. the dance department. It's quite intricate. There's a lot of different layers of it. Mm-hmm. So I guess let's talk about Rhythm Mosaic yeah. as, a, as an organization yeah. of its whole. Um, I guess, why did you found it? And I guess, what were your aims for, for the company? What did you want to do with it? Rhythmosec was actually formulated in 2005. The name Rhythmosec came because it was a mosaic of rhythms. And ah. somewhere or other, me and my husband, now he's my husband, he was my teacher, Mitra Rani Shambikosh, who's the director of Rhythmosec as well. So uh, we were actually doing duets. So he's a classical ballet jazz tap and a contemporary dancer. And I was just a Kathak dancer. And during that time, I was in the process of learning the other movements, but I never used to practice. I just used to practice Kathak. So we used to do lots of fusions. We were we were actually very well known as a duet. And we were known as Ronnie and Mithul. So Ronnie and Mithul came together to become, to make Rhythmosec, which is mosaic of rhythm. So that was just the beginning. Ah. But then after that, what happened with our practice, with our thinking, Somewhere or other, we were actually questioning ourselves what we exactly were looking for. Are we looking for a fusion, just a practice of the art forms coming together? Or we are thinking of something which can give an unique approach and a unique development for the practice of movement art. So that was the question which made us think about Rhythmosec in a different aspect. And today what we are doing is the research work of Cursive Body. So it started in 2005 and it's going on and maybe it will go on lifelong. But yeah, but Rhythmosec is a dream. It's an organization presently and it has various departments. Uh, presently, it has got a dance department which focuses on practice of uh, Kathak, separately Kathak, classical ballet, classical jazz, contemporary dance. For those who just want to learn the subjects, we have a certificate course which is a one-year certification for foundation in practice of movement art in a, for contemporary dance. And it is affiliated to Of Jazz Dance Academy France from the Ministry of Culture France. And those who want to have an understanding of basic foundations of contemporary dance, they can do that. But Kathak is one of the important subjects which they have to do as it is our ethnic style and it is also being supported by the government. And we have a productional company uh, which does productions, mainly collaborations with various cultures and various countries. And uh, main main concept is to bring the practice of culture and art from all over the world for uh, practice of new productions and new creations. So that's the production company. On the other hand, we have our department, which is the practice of therapy in movement art, where we are utilizing the uh, contemporary art for the practice uh, in social contexts such as people works in trafficking, people works in disability, people are working in clinical sectors in hospitals for mental health uh, context. And this is another sector where people can come in from various sectors of life in order to develop themselves as movement therapists. And we have even a certificate course foundation in advance for that. Blimey, I mean... (laughs) That's a whole lot. That's a lot of... How do you find the time to do it all? (laughs) Now I have many people supporting me. But then, as I told you, maybe that's... I'm really grateful to my mother because she didn't give me that time to do anything else other than just like plan and find out the time for all sectors. 
So yes, time management. That's one way to put it. Good time <laughs> management. <laughs> so we have done a little bit of research. <laughs> um, you have performed to name a few. Uh, at the 2011 Lakme Fashion Week for Sabya Sachi Mukherjee. Yes, I did. Um, yes. The Indo-American Arts Council in New yeah. York. Yeah. Uh, Swan Lake at the Royal Danish Ballet. Mm. Uh, the Indian Embassy in Sweden, Beijing Dance Festival and commemorating the 70th year of Indian independence in the Algerian and Indian embassies in India and Algeria. Oh my goodness, I I'm losing breath just saying them and you've done all of this. And those are just the performances. <laughs> yeah, so how's how has it been giving these performances and workshops and masterclasses in so many places around the world? How has that experience been for you? If I talk about Sabya Sachi, it was a dream. Because Sabya Sachi everybody knows. He's uh, one of the Uh, right now, he's most uh, talented uh, fashion designers from India and the work he does. But I still remember the one thing when I was there, he told me, just do what you want. And he was actually not forcing or guiding because an artist like him exactly knows how to play somebody and how to give that freedom in order to have the best out of that person. So yes, that was a huge privilege. And it was choreographed e even by my husband, uh, Shambhik Ghosh. And Sabya Sachi was there. I had live musicians with me in a fashion show, talking about Kathak, performing Kathak. So I didn't have to commercialize anything for that. I'm really thankful to him. And still now, I remember that particular time. And as far as royal practice in Royal Danish Ballet Theatre is concerned, it was a dream as well. Because when you are in a place where Swan Lake has been placed for years. Mm, it's one and of the greatest sort yeah, of ballets yeah, around, and, yeah. and at the same time, we also performed in Belarus, which is the place of Stravinsky. During that time, it, I, because of nervousness, it was like I just wanted to do the show. But right now, I remembered a Kathak dancer coming as a, a primary part in, in, a, in, in a production like Swanlik was being accepted in these places which are so particular about their practice. And yeah, Royal Danish Ballet, they were really curious and I'm really thankful to them for selecting us. And it was also by the Indian government because Indian government placed it and they wanted our production to be shown to the world that even Katha can enrich and come together in order to embrace the world. So yeah. And then we had lots of other productions also, which was with French company and also with China. Recently, we had in 2015 the uh, the production, which was on the concept of Panchil, which is also a, a treaty between India and China. And that was being placed in 2015, both in India as well as in Beijing with the, uh, one of the national companies of China. Yeah. That's crazy that you've had the, I guess opportunity to be performed with I really don't know what to say <laughs> I will just say It's one just... thing I'm really blessed to meet so many great artists in my life till now because I tell you about uh, like Mr. Janine Loringet who's the father of jazz dance and he's the creator uh, with Shambhik Ghosh uh, uh, in Foswan Lake and Buddha so I'm privileged to see a master in front of me I was privileged to see Maharaj Ji, who was basically uh, a part of my training. So, 
somewhere or other i was privileged to see the masters and at the same time i'm privileged to see my mentor uh, shambhi ghosh training me every day so i will just say i'm privileged to know many artists and it's not about performance it it's about how you adopt from them how you get the essence from them that's just crazy i did i watched the sabhasachi performance actually yeah. oh i was stunned it was just great i really really enjoyed it thank really you good. yeah um right I guess what what are your hopes and plans for the future? I mean, you've already done an incredible amount already. And you still do. And you still amount. do. I mean, you've got a a company that just has so many different levels and layers to it. Um but what are you hoping to sort of do in the future which you've not been able to do so far? I want to do something with the new generation and the way they are working and how they feel about movement and art and how they want to adopt and at the same time uh, exchange their ideas with with practice of traditional art because nowadays if you go through them if you talk to talk about traditional art me i have heard many people say i am not interested it's so boring but it's not boring it's very interesting and if you can make them understand the essence i'm sure they will be able to adopt it at the same time i'm not telling that you have to force them but you have to guide them So I'm very interested in working with the new generation. I'm very interested in exchanging my ideas with them and at the same time learn from them. Um so for those young dancers who want to break into the industry or who are aspiring to um reach the level that you're at, um what advice would you give them? I will just say one thing. Just listen to what you want to do. just listen to your heart and just think what exactly really makes you excited like what what's exciting to you and what you really want to do because there are many things which will influence you but you have to really think what i want and most important is your own satisfaction but then just close your eyes and think what is your aesthetics what is your practice and what is your feeling towards your art form if that is true i'm sure it's going to reach to the world and our last question is as we ask every single one of our guests um what have you been listening to recently in terms of music recently i'm just music <laughs> we are com- composing more on black waters i'm just listening to lots of jazz music and the most in- interesting part is i'm doing I- i'm trying to bring the difficult concepts of indian rhythm practice into contemporary movement art so we are actually practicing on have you heard the term sharad das matra which is 10 and a half oh my so it's very difficult 10 and a half beats, and a half beats. how can yes. you have half a beat can, yeah yeah but it's indian rhythm has got lots of half beats mm. so yes we are we are trying to bring that kind of a feeling into the practice of movement art as well do you are there any particular artists or particular pieces that you'd recommend or that you've uh, been inspired by to share i love the work by nilatri oh me too Oh, it's just amazing. Regular themes in Eladria. I've heard uh, speaking to a cellist recently who's listened to Eladria at uh, at their bar festival. Yeah. Seems like a pop. It's guy. very soulful. It's very soulful. Amazing. Yes. Oh, is it my go? Right. Um yes. I've got two. I've actually be, I've also been listening to sitar as well. I've been listening to um Pandit Ji uh, Nikhil Banerjee. Yeah, yeah. Um 
Because you, uh, as as Mira already knows, one of my favorite rugs is Bimpalasi. I mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. But there's another one called Bimpalarsi. It's got R's in it. It's really I don't know. I'll show you it later. But I was listening to that album and it's just it's it's mind blowing. I really really yeah. enjoyed it. And then there was that, and I was also listening to uh, Schubert's really famous string quartet, Death and the yeah. Maiden. But there's a um, I didn't actually know this, but there's a Mahler arrangement of it. So Mahler was another composer, and he arranged it for string orchestra, and the London Symphony were playing it. No, oh, well. just a stunning, stunning recording. So that's yeah. what's been two very different two, pieces. Yeah, yeah, two very different pieces. <laughs> but that's been kind of what's been this week feeding into my ears yeah. recently. Yeah, um, I've been listening to a lot of uh, piano. So. Mm. Um, instrumentals by Ludovico Einaudi. Do you like Einaudi? I do like Einaudi, and I also like uh, Thomas Newman, his film scores. I like Thomas Newman. The Green Mile and American Beauty. Mm. I haven't watched American Beauty, but I've uh, watched and read The Green Mile, and his music just tears you apart. It's just, it's so emotional. But mainly, I think we've all been listening to Christmas music oh, because yeah. <laughs> in the office yes. it's just been like carols. Yeah. And By the stuff. time this comes out, it won't be Christmas no. anymore. But, <laughs> but so I'm also crazy about Yanni. <coughs> oh, Yanni. I grew Lovely. up listening Yanni. to Yanni. Yanni. He's a pianist. He's I grew pianist. up listening it's, to him. It's too wow. good. Too good. Beautiful. Any yeah. particular piece by him? If. No, sorry, not if. If I ever if, loved if, if I, no. some, Yeah, you can find in YouTube. I'll, yeah, we'll <laughs> I'll, have I'll a look. Google it later. Yeah, yeah they're, they're gorgeous It's as well. wonderful. Yeah. I haven't, yeah. That's new music for yeah. me. So this this is why we ask our guests, yeah. kind of tell us what you've been listening to. Yeah. Is it Yeni, did you say? Why Y-E, double N-I. I think he's Greek. So it's, it's, it's new music for me. Amazing stuff. Mittal, thank you so thank much for joining you. us. Thank We've you. had a, such an interesting conversation. And I'm privileged as well. I loved it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Generation 21 podcast with me, Mira, And me, Mohammed. Be sure to check out the podcast page on our website, www.saa-uk.org for all episodes episode note including our spotify playlist where we've compiled all the pieces of music that we have been listening to with our guests and trust me you're going to want to hear that eclectic collection you can find more from generation 21 on your favorite podcast apps and follow us on twitter instagram and facebook with the handle at south asian arts uk see you in our next episode bye